0: Ben, look
1: how bad this tan line is. How, um, how bad is that? I, I'm i shirtless right now because this is the hottest I've known the UK in time. and I, I, I'm i absolutely baking, but I went to the beach the other day. Ben, look at that. Yeah, there's tan lines where I've been wearing my rings and everything. Look at that, mate.
0: Yeah, I've been at the beach all weekend, but because I don't take my shirt off, I have, right. hala- I have a hilarious neck tan line that... My neck is burnt and the rest of my body is pale. My
1: whole chest right now is burnt. You can probably just oh, even look at the top of my head. But you can see my like hairline is tan from where my I'm wearing headphones right now, so my hair is pushed back. But it like comes down. Oh, I am. I'm so incredible. Not the
0: greatest like, look. You should get some aloe vera. Not,
1: I should get some aloe vera. Yeah, my mate actually, um, my mate actually grows aloe vera, so I need to. I need him to hook me up with the goods. Is that legal? Very wrong. (laughs) He does just grow aloe vera. He's you know a biologist, and he's got a greenhouse full of like aloe vera and what's another dracaena Is that another? I feel like that's another another plant that he. And if you have
0: the plant aloe vera, does that actually work, or do you need to buy like the supermarket bottles? I'm interested. (laughs)
1: I have no idea. You know, I'll ask him. I'll ask him after the podcast. But yes, it is incredibly hot right now. So apologies if you can also hear a fan noise. Um, my laptop is—it's probably going to overheat at the end of this podcast. So the fan is going a bit like mad. Also, my fish tanks right behind me, Ben. I've recently done my fish tank, so you might be able to hear a fish tank. Anyway, let's get on with a slightly noisy, with a slightly burnt Jacob and Ben. I'll take you from podcast coming up today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Emmys uh, in the heights. F nine fear Street Trilogy, the Tomorrow War, and Ben. Let's start with Black Widow. Ben just had an intruder in his room and was like telling him to get away. Were you wafting a fly, Ben? No, it was, mom. it was my
0: mum. It was my mum. She walked in trying to talk to me, and uh, I just gave her the finger. She walked <laughs> off. Uh, yeah.
1: Unless your mum wants to come talk about Black Widow, or we can just leave that for you. Yeah, well,
0: she hasn't seen it, so uh, she <laughs> probably
1: wouldn't be too helpful. Uh, ben, what's going on with Black Widow, man?
0: Yeah, so um, the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think it's like the 24th, it's the first in Phase 4. It was quite nice to go back and watch one of those films in the cinema. Not going to lie, because we're so used to watching the Disney Plus TV series. I will say it probably felt a bit less of an event than it should have. And that's because, notably, Black Widow is smaller scale than the last couple of Avengers films we've had. Um, I mean,
1: it's bound to be, It's bound to be, you know, a small scale.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It also doesn't help that we know Black Widow died. It's not going to be
1: the same level as Infinity War.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't help we know Black Widow died in Endgame. Yeah. So, like, like yeah. it's a prequel kind of thing. Um, Basically... And like, you're
1: not normally a fan of prequels, are, are you? You don't like it when they go back in time.
0: No, I don't. I would have... If I'm being brutally honest, I'd have much rather right. this been released in 2018... Um, right. when That's it was no longer now. needing to be a prequel. Um, right. Basically, you have uh, Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson, who um, she's now on the run from the US government, who've been her home for a number of years. And an old friend, her former adopted sister, who's also a Black Widow agent, recruits her to try and help bring down the Black Widow program of Ooh. assassins. Um and I'm not going into spoiler territory because you don't want to, but end and up you with will lots... get a
1: lot of a lot of hate. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So just basically, that it's many espionage. It would
1: just be an absolute uproar if you were to mm. spoil the film. I'd but be cancelled.
0: Of... It's it's, it's it's I'd be cancelled. It's an it, yeah. it's an international espionage type film. Now Scarlett Johansson is great. Um, Florence Pugh though really steals the show as um, her former adopted sister. She's The actress, who most people know her from her Oscar nominated turn in Little Women, but she probably won this off if people have seen the film Fighting With My Family. She's excellent in that, where she plays a WWE wrestler. And she brings slightly less physicality here than I was expecting from Florence Pugh. But she's very funny, very cheeky, a bit like Villanelle in Killing Eve. Um, You also have Rachel Rice, um, Daniel Craig's wife, and um, David Harbour from Stranger Things who are like playing their parents. Both of them are great actors. I will say the cast, barring Ray Winston's Russian accent, is universally excellent. Um, I like the story. I thought it was a good story. Um, I liked the spy elements. I liked the espionage. I liked how it was low-key. Um, it needs to you be watched know, on a... us.
1: What I want to know, though, Ben, is you, you said it wasn't as much of an event as you, know, you wanted it to be. Why, why do you think that was? What do you think the film could have done differently to, to make it more monumental?
0: I don't think the film could have done anything differently. I think the problem is, yeah, since, what are we, 25, 26 weeks of the way through the year? Probably more, 30 of them, yeah? We've had nine episodes of WandaVision, six episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we were five of six episodes of The Way Through Loki when I watched this. And I watched it on the same day as Loki Episode 5 came out because they both came out on the same you're day. You're loving Loki, Loki, by the way, aren't you? I thought Loki was a great series. Um, and I just think when, you're watch- when you can have Marvel on your phone, watching it on a big screen doesn't feel as big as to when you only have three of those films a year. It feels a bit saturated, if I'm being honest. There's not it... as
1: much like anticipation for the. Yeah, film there wasn't you're any anticipation. Still, you're still getting content, which you can just go on Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, I will say because it is available to buy for an extra thirty quid on Disney Plus. Go to the How cinema. It? It's cheaper, notably cheaper. Um, if you go, you have a better experience. The film is made to be seen on a big screen. The and f-
1: as a Monday, don't have to wear masks in the cinema.
0: I think most do. um... I got. I was just reading through. My local cinema sent an email about what's happening from tomorrow, and they're still requiring you to wear masks, um, mm. which I don't mind. Like once you get used to wearing a mask, we wear, I'm gonna keep wearing masks from Monday everywhere. So, I don't. Sir? I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, that's my personal opinion. But um, the fight scenes are made to be seen on a big screen. Taskmaster is a really physical bad guy. Um, and the fight scenes between them and Black Widow are really quite interesting the third act gets a bit marvelly you know what's gonna happen but I don't like the third act in any of these films but I love the first two so
1: yeah I do Ben you your thing is you always with a lot of films I feel like you personally love the first act and then the second act is make or break but then the third act you you're normally not a huge fan
0: Well the thing about Marvel films and actually to be fair they're TV shows right? They all end. The final third is always the exact same. It's always big battle, same formula. We've seen it all before. They yeah, never do anything... What,
1: you know, there's not, gonna, there's it's, not really it's... point of doing a film if it doesn't have that.
0: No, but it's always... Well, they could. They could do one without a huge action set piece. That's part yeah, of the reason I really... Not
1: gonna, that's not going to please fans, though.
0: Well, that's part of the reason I really liked uh, Wonder Woman 1984, because it didn't have a big action set piece. Um, But also... Black Widow, it's a spy thriller inspired by these type of things. It's quite James Bondy. Now the James Bond films don't they have big set pieces, but they don't have big action finales. Like True. in the same way that Marvel does when you just like the Black Widow one, they've sported it in the trailers. They're flying through the air. And it's like this is a character who can't fly. It just looks a bit naff. Which is a shame because the two hours Leading up to that, are really excellent borrowing away right. Winston's Russian accent.
1: Yeah. Are you? But uh, Black Widow in cinemas right now in the UK. How's it doing worldwide? Is it out? I feel like it's it out
0: worldwide on cinemas and Disney Plus. It did. It had a great opening weekend, um, but the buzz has cooled off quite a lot on it because, like most things, when things are in cinemas, they're an event. When things are on right. streaming, unless it's a weekly release like The Mandalorian, like the Marvel shows like Ted Lasso or The Morning Show on Apple or The Boys on Amazon. When they're weekly they become an event. But when you drop it once, it is like a thing for twenty four hours and then everyone forgets about it.
1: The hype then dies down. Really yeah. interesting how the uh, the streaming I-, I think cinemas I feel like they are like going down in popularity with the you know I have outfits. the
0: opposite feeling. I think cinemas are still here to say.
1: I hope so, man. I, no, I genuinely I hope so. Mm. However, I just know so many people. It's so much more convenient to to, to watch it on your.
0: But on your I think what I think what the studios are looking at, the biggest success of the pandemic, the film that's made the most money is a Quiet Place Part Two, that yeah. was only released in cinemas. So, or not the most money, but like the film, the only film that's really turned the profit. So far, and Fast Nine did really well opening weekend. So, I think there is still a market there, and I don't think studios want to lose the market for big screen blockbusters, and also Netflix. Do you think
1: Disney? Do you think Disney shouldn't have put um, Black Widow on Disney Plus?
0: No, because um, I think it shot itself in the foot for all future revenue. Um,
1: Interesting verdict, Ben. Interesting verdict. It,
0: because if you because the weekend two's box office numbers are in. And it right. plummeted about 70%, which is for a blockbuster, like blockbusters normally plummet lower than your average film, but it's right. truly terrible. I think it's the worst week two of a Marvel film ever. And wow. that can uh, only I be... I mean,
1: you're, you're, you'll have to fact check that.
0: Yeah, but just off the, off the top of my head, it's the worst week two. Um, Ooh, if, you're, if you're going yeah. on drop-wise
1: right would you uh would you recommend going to watch black widow though
0: i would in the cinemas i think if you watch on disney plus it doesn't feel special like an event if you watch in the cinemas it actually does
1: thank you very much ben all right on to the tomorrow war have you watched this ben
0: i have well we wouldn't uh, what it. did you think because yeah it, you wouldn't
1: be reviewing yeah. no i haven't but i saw a lot of uh, talk about it on twitter
0: yeah so it's on amazon prime and right i'm uh so starring chris pratt um The worst of the Chris's, so half. Who's your favourite,
1: Chris Evans?
0: Uh, Hemsworth. For me, it's Uh... Hemsworth, Pine, Evans, Pratt. Ooh. What's your Chris order? Um.
1: Probably Evans Pratt Hemsworth. Then uh, the other one. I didn't. I've never heard
0: of them. Pratt should not be second.
1: Okay, but you I didn't disagree with your opinion. You so so don't unman. disagree with mine. I think he's great.
0: Anyway, it's starring Chris Pratt. It's set in twenty twenty two around. Starring
1: Chris Pratt, the second best Chris. <laughs> the
0: worst Chris. The internet decided he's the worst Chris. Like, that's a fact. I'm not that's not an unpopular opinion. Um But um anyway, so he's starring as a former US Marine, turned high school science teacher, in 2022, and then suddenly the future comes back and they're fighting some major apocalypse, alien invasion, and they recruit soldiers from the past to fight in the future. And Pratt, his science teacher, he ends up going and fighting and being excellent in the future. With, alongside his daughter, played by Yvonne Skarkovsky of The Handmaid's Tale, um, who recently got nominated for a second Emmy for that show. She's excellent there, who's playing the more military commander, shoot, shoot, shoot. There's also Sam, can't remember his surname, from Veep, um, who's hilarious in that role, you'll know who I'm talking about. And J.K. Simmons plays Chris Pratt's off-the-grid rogue father. Now, it came out on July 4th weekend, it's very Independence Day-like, which is hilarious because it's a Christmas film, like it's set in Christmas, um, set around the 22 World Cup, which if you know anything about football, that's definitely Christmas time, but um, it, it has that Independence Day, the fighting the aliens, I will say the alien design is really excellent, and the set pieces in this are actually really cool as well. It harkens back to the aliens, a quiet place, that kind of style. Right. Monsters. Um,
1: you know the vibe I'm getting, Ben, is that it's not the most original thing.
0: It's not the most original thing. It's a fun two and a half hours. I watched it. I have a big screen at home. My dad has one. I put it on a big screen because I felt like it needed it. It's and like I projector. And- yeah, I project. I think, and I not. Don't regret that move. Um, I felt like Chris Pratt was wooden here. Um, I felt like he should have been allowed to be funnier because um, he's a comedic actor. He's from Parks yeah. and Rec. He's he's known for being comedic and it's directed by the guy who made the Lego Batman film. And I just think if this film was funnier, I think we would think of it in the same league as Independence Day. Because when, when you think of that film, you think of Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum and... Will Smith kicking ass and I just think maybe the Tomorrow Award doesn't have that other than the fact that some excellent set pieces could do with a bit more humour because otherwise it's just a film that's there. If you You know what I'm talking about when you watch a film and it's fun in the moment, but Meaningless yeah, but out. you
1: wouldn't be, like, rushing back to go watch it, and you probably might not even ever watch it again, you know? Oh, yeah, it was a, it was a good film, but, like,
0: It's a good special. film, but it's, you'll forget about it within a week.
1: Right. So, Ben, what, what would you tell our listeners? Would you check out this film? It's fun.
0: Like, you're not going to regret checking it out in a weird way. But
1: similarly, there's no rush to go watch
0: it. Yeah, there's no rush. You're not going to hate it. Right. But it's not great. It's not amazing. They're making a second one because it's been hugely successful for Amazon. So, it is going to keep going and I could see it being a franchise.
1: I love how you mentioned football in that review. Ben, how are you feeling about the Euros?
0: Oh, well, I stopped crying on Monday. Um, Nice. Took me a couple of hours. Uh, You know what is football? I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm used to watching my team lose. And I'm just looking forward <laughs> but, to But
1: now hats off to the boys. They they did play very, very oh, well. Oh yeah.
0: England shouldn't have like no way were England gonna win that tournament going in and to get to the final is unreal um it, it was, was it was well, nice well played, boys. it was nice to feel proud of being english for once oh um, yeah
1: and you know i loved it and i loved the whole even though we didn't get the uh, desired outcome i loved how the country came together and you know celebrated beforehand afterwards yeah afterwards pretty, that was horrific pretty disgusted that is horrific made me feel sick um and we've on, got
0: the olympics know. from next week. So yeah,
1: very excited about that, actually. I'm
0: moving to Tokyo time because I, keep, <laughs> I, keep, I can't get a job, so I'm moving to my, Tokyo time.
1: My aunt does that when the Olympics is on, fully changes her whole body. Yeah, clock. no, it's I, fully I'm
0: not doing the full body clock, um, but I am getting up at four every morning, so I get the good majority of the Games days. Yeah, yeah. fair
1: th- enough. Fair enough. Ben. Still has come on today's I'll Take Your Film podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about In the Heights and also Emmys and F9 as well. But Ben, we've, uh, we've got a, a trilogy on here. You don't normally like uh, films that are part of a trilogy. Fear Street. Yes. That's recently dropped. Ben, what do we make of it?
0: So I think the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix is far more interesting as an idea than it was an actual execution. It's based right. off... The R.L. Stein novels, Um, you may have read him as a child, he's like Stephen King of children horror literature, Um, and Netflix basically released three horror films, one a week. One set in 1994, the next set back in 1977, and the final one was set in 1639. And the 1994 one set on the slashes, like Scream, the 1979 films based on the... I can never remember what this horror genre is called, it's like the Halloween, it's like the stabbing one, and the 1639 is based off supernatural horror, and it's set in one in the same town of Sunnyville, it's called one of those generic American town names, um, and it's about a myth and a horror story that moves back in the town. Um, I think all three of these films are very well executed. They're all three very good horror films on their own. Um, I really like the first one. I like the second one. I haven't quite finished the third one, so I don't know how the trilogy lines up. I've been at the beach all weekend. But the first two parts are excellent, which is in a really exciting way. Um, But part of the reason I'm really down for the Film is I think it's quite a cool idea, releasing three films week by week by week, because it made be a bit of an event, you know? Because if you go... I'm not sure if it would have worked in cinemas, but it's something that Netflix can do, and I love watching them push the boat out. And the fact that all three films are good as well kind of works in its favour. Was,
1: was the budget high for these films?
0: No, nope, they're all horror films. Horror films don't have high budgets. Probably about 5-10 million. Yeah. Like... They look good, they don't look terrible, they don't look trashy or low budget, they look like horror films. They feel like the era they're emulating as well, but not being, they're not wink wink and they all have teenage protagonists and they're not doing that thing that horror films quite often do, where they look down at the protagonists. Like particularly I find when it's adults doing films about teenagers, they can be a bit snide and cynical. Yeah. Whereas these films I quite liked how they treated their protagonists as not adults, but adults. They treated them as human beings and it worked.
1: Yeah. It's I really not... I really like that take on it. And I I like to an extent you um you enjoyed the enjoyed the enjoyed a the trilogy then.
0: I enjoyed them more as three individual horror films than I did. Do
1: they flow nicely to, on from one another?
0: A bit. I didn't leave the first one wanting to watch the second one. and I didn't. Do you need to
1: watch them in chronological order?
0: I think you do need to watch them in the order they were released. Um. I like the way all three films like honour a different horror genre, but the whole thing, the going back in time, felt a bit clunky to me.
1: Right, 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 right. So Fear Street, out now on Netflix, it's a trilogy. Three excellent films.
0: A so-so trilogy. <laughs> it's, it's a weird one. They yeah, don't, it's, don't... It's, I, I
1: get what you mean, though. I do get what you mean. Like, I can't think of any other examples, but I understand what you mean. I'm It's what mean. when... Okay, Ben.
0: Mm. Go on. It's, they just don't... I didn't find they blended together well enough. For me. For me, personally. Right,
1: okay. All right, let's talk about F9, Ben. Is this any? i I'm getting F1 vibes. Am I completely wrong?
0: Fast and Furious 9. Um
1: what well, you could have written that ben
0: well it's called <laughs> f9 the oh, films right, title okay. is f9 so oh, okay uh, how can they have done that
1: so i swear fast and furious 7 wasn't called f7
0: no oh. it was called fast it's called fast 7 then it was fate of the furious it was look the fast and the furious franchise does not follow normal title conventions like right the fourth film is actually called the fast and the furious like it makes no sense um right. but all I'm gonna say on titles, number ten needs to be fast ten, your seatbelts. <laughs> like Yes. Come on. Um and yeah, come
1: on Europe where you don't have to wear a seatbelt.
0: Mm. Fast nine. If you liked Fast and the Furious One, which was about cars and spies and downtwerf and gritty you're not gonna like this film, but if, like me, you didn't like Fast 1, I fucking love this film. I thought it was amazing. I was so down. I was watching in the cinema like, yeah. Um, this is the point where the Fast franchise goes full-on soap opera in the fact that you have long-lost uh, brothers, you have characters coming back from the dead, you have characters dying, they go to space. Um, They slingshot over a cannon. They have massive car scenes with giant magnets. It is completely. It sounds
1: absolutely nuts.
0: It's over the top in a way that. In a good way. Oh, in the best way possible. I wouldn't have wanted anything else. Like. I'm. I'm. I'm, um... I I like my fast movies with a side of campy ridiculousness. And quite Do you a bit. Think
1: Fast and Furious. Uh, Fast and Furious. They've got a, a lot of die-hard fans. Do you think that the fans are going to be pleased with the direction that this is going?
0: Well, look, they need to expect it. Like, other than Vin Diesel saying "family" every ten minutes, which is so much so, like
1: <laughs> you just scared the shit out of Vin. Well, that's how he does that's it. He goes, thing and I just "bam."
0: Vin Diesel goes Firmly <laughs> and he always has "bam." <laughs> That's the thing about Vin Diesel, in the nicest possible does way.
1: Did you do that in the other Fast and Furious?
0: Yeah, Bam. yeah, he just goes oh, okay. firmly the whole time. <laughs> ben, the,
1: you're changing this every time. Is it
0: deep or is it hard? It's deep, it's deep, it's like firmly. It's like that, it's <laughs> like deep and hard. um Bam. That's the only through line it's all about, firmly. And um, I can't <laughs> do the impression of Vin Diesel. And he has the yeah, same well, face. Ex- that one. And he used the same facial expression the whole way through as well, which is just hilarious. Um, but I was well down. It was it was fun. It was an awful lot of fun. Like yeah. if you're not okay with the physics of two men flying to space in a Ford F- in a Ford Fiera with two rocket launchers. Oh, I love how
1: you re- the, the hardest part of this podcast, for you, the name of a car.
0: I can't remember what... I don't like cars. I'm not into cars. I can't <laughs> drive. So remembering what cars they're driving in Fast and the Furious is difficult for me. Um, yeah. But it's, it's ridiculous. And I'm thinking, where do they go now? Like, where do you want to see the Fast franchise go? Because I have a couple of ideas. Go on, Ben. Uh, let's hear your ideas. Either... Either. I want Vin... Di- I want it to be a musical with Vin Diesel singing an operatic verse on an F1 yeah, car. That,
1: that's not happening. That's not gonna happen.
0: Vin Diesel said he wants a musical.
1: I... Yeah, I don't... It won't happen as a Fast and Furious thing.
0: Yeah, or... It won't happen. I don't know, the franchise is getting weirder and weirder. Or, <laughs> I think they need sw- shrinking and growing cars.
1: Right. Oh. Like they've
0: already broke physics by going to space. I think it's time for the cars to start growing.
1: Was it, were the physics aspects in the, in the first movie, was it legit?
0: Well, the first movie was before it went into nuts stunts. Like, right. both Fast and Furious franchise and the Mission Impossible franchise started off as spy movies with one action set piece, and they've now met in who can be more ridiculous... Like, Tom Cruise is like, I see you're using magnets. I'm dangling off a helicopter. And Vin Diesel's like, <laughs> I'm sending my supporting cast off to space. And Tom Cruise is like, well, I'm making a film with NASA.
1: I mean, fair enough. It, it, they both have just kind of gone off the rails a little bit. Ben, uh, what's the, is there a theme tune for Fast um, Furious 9 F9? Because I remember, was it the seventh one? Um, yeah, the seventh again, one C- John,
0: Yeah, no, I don't think... There probably is. I mean, Cardi B cameos in the film, uh, but
1: that that song was huge.
0: Yeah, there's probably a post-credits song. It wasn't memorable, <laughs> if I'm honest.
1: And it's—I don't believe it's been in the charts either. But post-credits days,
0: songs normally. I believe art. it's
1: big on TikTok because TikTok's how songs get big now.
0: I know. Um, Weird, isn't it? It's
1: and sounds as well. We, maybe we can make the family soundtrack.
0: Yeah, maybe I can be TikTok famous.
1: Ah uh, yeah okay. No, yeah. <laughs> no, that's never
0: happening because I'm never downloading the app.
1: Then, before we move on to in the heights, can I get one more? Firmly.
0: Family. Oh, I just—it's—it's <laughs> it's such a ridiculous franchise. But I do want to do it. I do want to watch all of them in one sitting do,
1: I, do a fast and furious marathon?
0: Yeah, but I also want to do it. So every time Vin Diesel says the word firmly, I take a shot, and I want to see if what <laughs> film I pass out.
1: Would, would there be a lot of a lot of alcohol consumed?
0: I reckon. Well, he's not in two and three, so
1: okay. To, so you can have a little breather.
0: So I reckon I would be passed out by six.
1: Okay. All right. Not not too bad. Okay, Ben. Let's talk about in the heights. Um, wh- what did you make of it? I feel like I'm always like Ben. What did you think of this that's come out and this and this and this because I've watched them all night. Yeah. Wow.
0: So it's a musical. So.
1: Oh god! Oh god! Oh. But
0: oh. as someone who can't stand, listeners,
1: we are going to be talking about the Emmys later. So if you just want to skip a couple of minutes while we talk about no, 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 because
0: as someone who can't stand musicals. I loved In the Heights. I Did you was... Hear that? it was so you good. the
1: musical. What it was like?
0: so good. Yes, I think it's just such a summer feel-good movie. Um, Do you feel like that's because you know
1: the? Social distancing is more or less going to be scrapped very soon. The weather's been hot. That's why you liked it? No, because I watched it like
0: over a week ago. Um, Okay, well,
1: it wasn't so hot.
0: It wasn't hot when I watched it. Um, I was on my way to my mate's 21st, so I'm not sure. I watched it on the way, so I'm not sure if that played any part. Uh, But the weather wasn't hot, and COVID was still looking an absolute mess, as it still is in this country. Um, But it's set... I liked a couple of things. It's written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who famously did Hamilton. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin-Manuel Miranda uh manuel <laughs> who did Hamilton. He has a good ear for music, to be fair. His songs are addictive. Um, and it's set in the New York District, district of Washington Heights, the famously quite Latino it. community. Um and it's all about how all of them want to break out of the community and finally achieve their dreams. And you follow his Navi, who owns a bodega, which is, for people who don't live in New York, a corner shop. Um, and he wants to go back to Puerto Rico. from No, the Dominican Republic, which is where he's from. Um, then you have all the other characters in the Heights mingling, interacting. Is there
1: a lot of singing and dancing and big musical numbers? There is.
0: And there is this...
1: Why did you like this one, though, Ben? Like, What was it about um, In the Heights that made you actually enjoy a, a
0: musical? It is so... Because I think they're normally
1: a fringe fest.
0: It is so cinematic. Like, it looks so good on a big screen. That helps a lot. Like, there's this song called 96,000 where they're singing about if they win the lottery. Um... It's rap. They're rapping about it and it starts off with three guys rapping down the street and then it ends in a big musical number in a swimming pool and that musical number will probably be my favourite scene of the year because it's unbelievable and jaw dropping and there's a sense of spectacle you you get.
1: um, Do you think it was filmed in an actual swimming pool?
0: Yes. Yeah, no, they did. It's it's one of those swimming pools where it only goes up to your waist but it was definitely filmed in a swimming pool and it just i think when a movie musical is done right right it has a sense of spectacle and awe and i just left smiling and i like the characters and it was lovely also (laughs) i know there's been a bit of criticism that the film didn't have enough afro latino actors in and i completely agree with that i think it was so nice to see even a basic level of representation of Latino characters not being drug dealers or side characters seeing their stories, I really like that and it made me feel good this, like you're not gonna leave the cinema wanting any less, like no one leaves the cinema wanting more it's two and a half hours of feel good, of good music you're dancing in your chair you're smiling, it's so good it's my favorite film of the year so far i just i can't stop listening oh, to the soundtrack
1: mate, mate, that is a that is one hell of a statement uh what is uh, in the heights available to watch on it's in
0: cinemas which is where you should watch it because it's a big cinematic musical and i look
1: it's so rare for something to be only in cinemas these days fast <laughs> nine
0: only in cinemas as well so, okay, not, and that film has it. made a lot of money for only being in cinemas as well.
1: Should we do it, Ben?
0: Yeah, let's talk about it. Are
1: you ready? It. Let's talk about the Emmys. So, Ben, I actually saw you for the first time in 18 months. Went for a nice climb together, had a nice catch-up. And at this catch-up, Ben was very, very excited because it was day the Emmys came out. Mm. I know The Mandalorian has been nominated for like proper double figures. Like the so, nomi- nom- The
0: Mandalorian and The Crown tied with the most nominations on 24, followed by One Division on 21, and Ted Lasso on 20.
1: And you wanted Ted Lasso to sweep the floor, didn't
0: you? Well, firstly, the thing that needs to be noticed about the Emmys is they're split into drama, which is where right. The Mandalorian and The Crown and The Handmaid's Tale have the most nominations, each with 20 apiece. Limited series, which is your one and done's, so it's your The Queen's Gambits, your One Division, your Mayor of East Town, and then the comedies, which are like Ted Lasso. Now, part of the reason The Mandalorian got so many nominations, and it's part it's of the reason it's
1: absolutely it, excellent.
0: Yeah, it's good. And part of the reason it yes, won a lot last year is
1: lads.
0: because it technically qualifies in the 30 minute categories. Yeah. Right. So where so it's not competing against The Crown, which is a big lavish set piece or The Handmaid's Tale for the tech categories, it's competing against shows like Ted Lasso or Hacks or Blackish and the sitcoms. And I love Ted Lasso and it got 20 nominations and it deserved them. That's not bad. That is not bad. It's the most for a first season comedy ever. Like Didn't it was tell- the most nominated comedy of the year. Ted Lasso it, did.
1: it nominated. I know it's not what? that big in America, but was it nominated? Because you said you would have. Uh, when we spoke, you said it's you a would sin. Have, like, was
0: snubbed. Fuming.
1: Not nominated for anything.
0: Fuming about that. Really big mistake, and I'll explain is it, a bit it, it, why. That's just
1: because it is, it is, not like as popular in the states. Do you think?
0: Firstly, the limited series is the most competitive lineup because I'll read you the five that got nominated. I may destroy oh. you. Which I raved about last year, Yeah. the Queen's Gambit, which everyone and their nan watched, Mayor of yeah. East Town, which I raved about recently, the mm-hmm. Underground Railroad, which is by Barry Jenkins who directed Moonlight. What we covered that we have we talked did. about Mayor, the Underground Railroad, which is by Barry Jenkins who did Moonlight. I think it's one well, of I haven't really talked about this on the podcast. Because it's a bit artsy and lots of people. I think Barry Jenkins is a genius and he made my favourite film of all time. And I found The Underground Railroad to be absolutely beautiful. That's in there. I think it's one of the most awe-dropping TV shows of all time. And WandaVision, which was just a moment to TV. Like, it's a Marvel show that's also an ode to all your favourite sitcoms of past eras. Like, it was made to win TV awards. Um, But then if you look at what got snubbed, Something like Small Acts, the, the five films by Steve McQueen who did 12 Years of Slave, that were brilliant. That didn't get in there. That didn't get won. The Undoing, which had Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, and everyone went mad over that. That gone on. And part of the reason, and I'm pissed at this, that It's a Sin didn't get in oh dear. was because you remember the stage recording of Hamilton. Yeah? Um,
1: I remember you speaking to me about it.
0: Yeah, so technically that qualified. What? And it got... I know, because it's a stage recording. So, and it it's got a stuff... It's watch, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm livid. And it meant that it got loads of acting nominations and loads of directing but, 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 uh, nominations.
1: You, you know, Ben, we've both done plays. It's completely different.
0: Yeah, it's made for a play.
1: Our plays get recorded, you know. We no, watch I, 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 I when don't... We were...
0: it's, I think it's not, but was actual TV, yeah... When Actual we were doing like our RA
1: levels sorry if we keep talking over each other, I feel like we've both got so much say on this. Mm-hmm. When we were both doing our RA levels and our B-takes, we watched a lot of plays online. No way would they ever be up for, you know, awards with, with TV and and films. No
0: way. No, they shouldn't, because firstly, <laughs> it was recorded on stage five years ago, yeah? So it was recorded five years ago, when this, and this cast have won the Tonys for doing it, Yeah. So they've been awarded for the stage people. It was bought by Disney and it was going to go to cinemas. But then the pandemic happened and they could put it on Disney+. Plus. And it's not TV. And people who've done good work on TV have been cheated by the Hamilton actors. Who, in all fairness, are great. But they've been already been rewarded for Hamilton. But the one thing I will say, though, about the actors is yeah. I'm taking a view that I'm imagining they're all actually being nominated for other things because they do they all... good actors? Yeah, they're all great. And, um...
1: And, you know, your you issue's not with the actors,
0: by the way. No, is my issue's right? not yeah. with the actors because, actually, someone like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Leslie Odom Jr., um, Davy Diggs, Jonathan Gross, Anthony Ramos... Elise goldsberg they're some of my favorite actors they're some of the hardest working actors in hollywood and they're all breaking out and they all do excellent work i'm just a bit like why are they still getting nominated for hamilton when they're amazing in so many other things it's it's like uh, it was my pet peeve because otherwise i thought the amy's did a good job ted lasso getting loads of nominations i just hope it can convert that into wins uh, it's nice to see Who do you
1: think is going to win? Who, who are your hot favourites? Who do you think are going to be picking up big awards on the night?
0: I think Ted Lasso is going to win comedy series. I think right. the shows that its closest competitors, Hacks, which is breaking through, it's not available here in the UK. I'm sure we'll talk about it when it is because it seems right like the type of thing I'm going to watch. It's about an aging stand up comedian. Um, the shock of the outstanding comedy series category was fucking Emily in Paris got nominated. And Cobra Kai as well, like how did those two get in? Cobra
1: Kai? My parents are obsessed. I like
0: Cobra Kai, I think it's a great show. Not sure how it's a comedy. You don't think it should have been
1: nominated? What? You don't think it should have been
0: nominated? Well, I'm still struggling to work out how it got nominated in comedy series. It's quite dramatic. <laughs> it's
1: not meant to be funny, is it? I
0: didn't find it funny. I, but I've also, here's the thing, if you're going for that, nominate William Zapka, who's brilliant in that show, and didn't then again nominate lead actor. Like, nominate the actors if you're going for... The Boys got into drama series. I was really happy about that. But no Anthony Starr, who is so evil as Homelander. It's one of the greatest cinematic villains of all time. Uh, Bridgerton snuck into drama series, mainly because... Is was it obsessed... not being in drama series? No, it is in drama series. I'm surprised it got nominated because of all the... Really? Yeah, of all the sex. Obviously, I think the drama series is between The Crown, which is the front-runner, because everyone went cuckoo for it. I think, I think just on the... Did. pure,
1: That and the Queen's Gambit. Oh.
0: Yeah, Queen's Gambit's in limited series. I'll talk about the limited series, because that's the tightest race. Um, the Handmaid's Tale surprised a lot of people with how many nominations it got in. Um, I think the Mandalorian's a factor, just because it got a lot of nominations, but I actually don't see it doing winning. The thing I Can would say it, that's yeah. on the cusp, though... Pose has had its final season, and there's been lots of love for the final season, and there's been lots of love... No, just
1: because it's something's final season doesn't mean it should win.
0: No, I'm not saying it should win, um, I'm, in, but the show has been so groundbreaking, um, Billy Porter has snuck back in, he's has been nominated again in Lead Actor, he won two years ago for that, he's also been campaigning like mad... And Pose has been breaking down barriers with someone like Billy Porter coming out as Living With AIDS, someone like MJ Rodriguez, who was the first trans actor to get nominated in Leave Actor or Actress. She was the first trans actor to do that. So, which is an unbelievable step for representation. It got nominated in Directing for the first time. It has Ryan Murphy behind it. It got nominated for Writing for the first time as well. I just think... There's a lot of love for Pose, and there's a lot of love for everything it's done. And I could see it sneaking a couple of the Crown's votes.
1: And Ben, before we wrap up, limited series, what do we think?
0: Um, well, this is the tightest because genuinely your five are excellent. I think the Underground Railroad, the only certainty I have, the Underground Railroad's in fifth. <laughs> Which is because I think people admire it and respect it a lot. I don't think people love it. If you get what I mean? Yeah. You know when you admire something and you can see it's genius and great work, but you don't love it. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I get what you mean. In fact, I actually get that quite a lot. I'm like, this isn't for me. I'm not a fan, but I can see a lot of hard work has gone into it. I know that it is a, a great cinematic piece, but I feel like that applies with lots of different things.
0: Yeah, and The Underground Railroad is just a piece of art, and it's monumentous, and it's moving. But you don't root for it like you root for the other things. I think the Queen's Gambit was the front runner. I think it's slightly underperformed in nominations. I expected it to do a bit better. And I also think it's been and gone. If you get it's moments over. I think Mayor of East Town is having a lot of recency bias because that grew grew and grew and grew and grew. And people are still talking about it a lot, even though it's the biggest open secret that that's getting season two. Um, I May Destroy You. A lot of people are really passionate about Michaela Cole's show, and it got all the key nominations. And if that wins, that would be an ingenious win, and Michaela Cole is a genius. Like It would be such a good win. It would be a win for artistic credentials, and it swept at BAFTA. So I can see it sweeping here. And then I've said one division, it's a ode to TV. It did so well in the nominations. I wasn't expecting it to do that well. So why not here? Quick things though, I'm here for Ted Lasso sweeping. Jason Sudeikis needs to win, Brett Goldstein needs to win, Hannah Waddington needs to win. I'm so it's coming out on Friday, season two.
1: Oh, very, very exciting. Ben, I've actually loved today's podcast. I love your thoughts on the Emmy. Some controversial ones in there. Yeah, who uh, the fuck nominated Hamilton? Review?
0: Oh, and Hugh Grant's favourite to win an Emmy, which means it would be his fav- first ever major acting win.
1: Really? I, yeah. I thought he was. He's never even
0: been you- nominated for an Oscar.
1: Wow. Okay, that, that surprises me.
0: I mean, what, what of his roles would have got nominated for an Oscar? Maybe for Weddings? maybe notting hill but they're not really oscar Rose. i prefer notting hill but yeah his first his it's not his first emmy he got nominated for a very english scandal a few years back so yeah he's right. hoping
1: uh, uh, anything else before i wrap up the podcast anything else anything else
0: just looking down if ted lasso and navi's town win yes. a lot Yes, there happy. is more that's all I want from the Emmys when they happen in I mean, September. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Like I was saying before, two grants nominated for an Emmy. Um, leave us a five star review if you have enjoyed today's podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the Emmys uh, or on Twitter at RTT Film. Ben Heath 101.
0: Is that right, Ben Heath 101? Yeah, Ben Heath 101.gmail.com. Spam him. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, spam him. Yeah, we're. We need some fan mail. Uh, Also, the RT Film website, Google it, is the first thing that comes up. Ben, as ever, thank you very much. Charlotte should be back with us in a couple of weeks when she's back from America. Ben, thank you very much, man. Goodbye. Bye. Family. Family.